So um, first and foremost, I want to thank everybody who's here. Um, it means the world to us that God has led you this direction. Uh, for whatever, whatever brought you through the doors today, we praise God because there's nothing we do specifically that will make you go to Church on the Rock versus any other church, any of the great churches in this community, okay? So I want you to know that we are so thankful for you. Um, you are coming on a unique Sunday. Uh, we hope to make this a Sunday that we do more often. Uh, you're probably used to walking into the doors, being greeted, prayerfully you were greeted, but then singing songs like immediately and saying, this is what worshiping God is all about. We come in and we sing these songs and then we hear a message. We might sing a couple more songs and then we go home or we eat lunch and all those good things. But today, um, God has really impressed it on my heart to do something different here at Church on a Rock. You see, back when we were a church of 30, 40 the intimacy in the church was so amazing because there was only 30 or 40 of us, right? So it was nothing to send out a prayer request and actually pray together and send out a prayer request and actually have somebody call you immediately and want to pray for you versus hitting a like button on Facebook or a heart button on GroupMe and all those things that have become so impersonable, right? Today, we wanted to take advantage of the situation just so you know, we have people who wanted to worship. We, we have singers. We have people who wanted to get up, who, were sing, who wanted to sing. They begged, like, hey, we want the opportunity to lead worship since Tyler's not going to be there. But we told them no so that we could do something special today. Now, here's the thing. We're going to start off before the sermon with prayer requests. And this is kind of the format we did last uh, service that was just amazing. It literally shifted the atmosphere in here. If you have a prayer request... We want you to raise your hand, and we'll bring the microphone to you and share your prayer request. But what happens is we're going to call on other members of the church to actually pray specifically for that request. Maybe it's on the other side of the room or something like that. What you'll find is this is what Galatians is talking about when it says we bear each other's burdens. But I've always said the problem with that verse for the church is nobody wants to share their burdens. Here's the issue I've come to find. People will get on Facebook and type out, pray for me, right? Hey, pray for me, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. They'll get on group me, pray for me, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. And then somebody will hit the like button, somebody will hit the heart button, but nobody will actually pray. And if they do, you just don't know because you have no clue. They probably haven't followed up with you and said, hey, I want to let you know I actually made that prayer request, right? What happens when you gather on a Sunday morning, on a Sunday morning, and instead of going through the routine of walking in the doors, singing a song, listening to a prayer, singing another song, and going home, you're actually impacting each other's lives by interceding on behalf of each other in the presence of God, right? There's a song, me, Dave, and Clinton were here yesterday just kind of thinking through what this was going to look like. And there's a song called Bow Down and Worship Him. In the song, they said, this is holy ground. Like, they just looked at the ground, this is holy ground. And if you know anything about Moses and the burning bush, uh, when the bush was on fire, you know, with the presence of God, uh, he told Moses to take his shoes off because he was standing on holy ground. Guess what? That ground was dirt, right? <laughs> like, it, it was just dirt. It wasn't special dirt. It wasn't like beach dirt. It was, it was just dirt. But the presence of God made it holy. Everybody understand that? Amen? Amen? So this is what happens. If we walk in here on a Sunday and we claim that the presence of God is here, we claim it, right? We really believe that God is among us, correct? Okay, so you're sitting 
in holy seats. Your feet are on holy ground. This stage is a holy stage. Those keys are holy keys, not because of anything special about them, but because the presence of God is right here. So why would we fall into a routine? Hmm? Isn't this what we talked about at the beginning of the year? The Israelites were coming into the the temple, right, Shola? And they were just routinely going through the motions to the point that they got tired of doing it. They were like, man, this is worrisome. I don't even like doing it no more. It's it's boring. It's because they lost the idea that what they were doing was a holy practice. And the temple they were in was a holy temple. So before Church on the Rock falls into that trap of routine, of simply walking in these doors every Sunday as just another part of my weekly routine, I refuse to let that happen here. We're going to switch things up this morning. Nothing about this is routine. And if this falls flat and nobody has prayer requests, that says more about our hearts than it does about what we're doing. Think about that. There was a little girl here last service named Lily, four years old. And when she heard, she's four, and when she heard that we were doing prayer requests, she raised her hand with eagerness, got the mic and said, I want to pray for my mommy's knee because she believes, she believes that the one we're praying to is actually listening. And then somebody across the room, or I forget if it was across, I forget who did it, but somebody stood up and was like, I'm going to pray for her mommy's knee. There's a a prayer request over here from Kathy and Tim, who was in the back, prayed for Kathy. Tim didn't even know Kathy. Kathy wanted prayers for her mother. Tim accidentally called her mother Kathy, but hey, he was working. He was trying, right? And the beauty of it all is this. The beauty of it all is this. The Bible says that even when we don't know what to say and how to pray, that the Spirit prays on our behalf. Amen? So even when my prayer is jacked up, Thank you, God, for the Rickett Rickett remix. Amen? So we're going to take a little bit of time before we get started. And we're going to ask that you're bold enough to share any burdens you have this morning. That you're bold enough to tell us what's, what's on your heart or a family member that's sick or whatever that is to actually share that with us so that we can have somebody in here pray for you. And once again, no, I don't, I'm not like trying to manufacture nothing. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, but at least that'll tell me what I need to work on with our church at the very least. So we might have a real short service, (laughs) but that's just going to tell me what's wrong with the hearts of our church congregation, and therefore your next sermon series will be on prayer. (laughs) So is there anybody this morning willing to share a prayer request? Is there anybody this morning? It's a bigger crowd, so normally people get real tied up, but is there, it, oh, you're right in front of me. See, anybody, anyone, anyone, I'm not avoiding you. Uh, jump, is this on? Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Check, 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 check. Okay. Uh, jumped on Facebook this morning. This is weird. All right. Jumped on Facebook this morning real quick um, and happened to see an invite. You know, you get the little invites to whatever events or whatever. And uh, there's one going on at a bar from like 1 to 10 or something today, and I happened to notice that it was for a really, really, really close friend of mine. I had no idea. Um, he's alive, but barely. He's got uh, some kind of 
in the biblical days, it'd probably be leprosy. His skin is literally falling off his body. I don't know what it's called. It's really, really rare. Uh, I just happened to read that this morning, and I saw his picture, and I'm like, nah, it's, he must be performing. He's a singer. He must be performing at this thing. It can't be about him, but it's him, and he's been sick for a long time. I didn't know. Uh, so a lot of emotions are coming up. I've known this guy for like 20 years at least. It's been a huge part of my life, and I just want to stand in line for him. I'm going to go to the hospital and pray with him, but uh, right now I just need my church family to become his church family. His name is Sean Phillips, karaoke DJ. He's, I mean, he's been everywhere. Some people might even know him. He's, uh, he's just an outstanding individual, and something really, really bad is going on in his life. So I just want to stand in for him and, and ask for that. Will anybody pray for Sean Phillips this morning? You going to pray or you going to? Okay. I will. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we lift up Sean, God. We just thank you for what you do, God, but we lift him up with everything that's going on in his life, God. God, if he's saved, God, thank you, God. But if he isn't, God, help somebody just to reach out to him, God. And, God, just be with his friends, God, and just be with David as he goes and sees him, God, and goes and prays with him later, God. Just give David the right words to say to him, God, and just be with everything that is done for this guy, God. And, God, we know you have the perfect will, God, because we know you are sovereign, God. And, God, I just thank you and praise your name. Do we have another one? Is there a praise request back here? Okay. I'm already sweating. Look at y'all. Y'all got me moving. You all don't know me, but I just walked in this church, and I just fell in love with your pastor, and he does a great job of explaining everything. I want to pray for my friend. She came here, and I don't know what happened, but she won't come no more. So I just want to pray for her, for she can find She needs Also on Wednesday, she fell and hit the back of her head, and she's got a got a good sized bruise and a cut. Oh, this is my mom, Cookie. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Jennifer. Um, but she's at a nursing home, and she fell and hit the back of her head, and got a nice cut and a nice big bruise, and it's her. It's still hurting, even though we went to the hospital. Had an exa- so I have a testimony and a prayer, praise and a prayer, because we went to the hospital and had an X-ray, so there was nothing wrong with like no contusions like on the brain or anything like that, no bleeding or anything, because she has um she's like on blood thinners, and so we were really concerned about that. So that's my praise report. But if you just can remember her, her head it still hurts. So. Everybody pray for Lori, which is Cookie's friend, who came to church and for whatever reason has not returned. Something's got a hold of her that's keeping her from here. And will anybody pray for Cookie? And this is what I love about stuff like this. The intimacy of this is this. A lot of people, like she says, some of y'all don't know me. But I guarantee you, if you've been here for the last two months, you've seen Cookie come into this church every single Sunday. And maybe you didn't know her name until today. Will somebody pray for Cookie and the injury to her head and also pray for her friend, Lori, that she may find her way back to God, whether it's through Church on the Rock or through another church? All right, Nick. Father God, we just come humbly before you, Lord, and I want to lift up Lori, Lord. She says that uh, she came to your house, Lord, and she left. 
And Father God, we know that's what the enemy tries to do, Lord. The first, the first glimpse of light, and he wants to close the door and put us back in the dark. We know that, Father. But your word tells us that you are the light. So we ask that that light would illuminate her heart, Lord. It would illuminate her mind. Let her know you, Father. Let her realize that this is where she needs to be, Father. And I ask that you reach out to Cookie, Father God. The injury in her head, Lord, you are the great physician. You are the great healer. And Lord, we just ask that your healing hand would be upon her, Father. That you would completely restore her. And, Lord, just give her your grace, your mercy, and your love. Father, we ask these things by the power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. This is, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. I know it's different. I know some of you may have come here expecting to hear songs of worship, right? But if you think singing to God is the only way to praise God, you have completely missed where Jesus says true worship is in spirit and truth. So this is, this is different. It's, it should be uncomfortable for all of us, but why is the question? Why, why is it uncomfortable to gather as believers who believe in a God that answers prayers, believes in the power of prayer, and say it's uncomfortable to just pray together? That says a lot about us, right? It says a lot about American church and how we've gotten into this place that church has to have three songs and this sermon and all that. I don't want to box God in, do you? I don't want to box God in. Do we have another one back here? Is that you, Leah? All right. Um, my prayer request is for my husband who has a degenerative spinal um, issue. And it's progressively getting worse. He goes in tomorrow for an injection to help alleviate pain. The pain helps him to be able to be mobile, to be able to um, work out, to lose weight, which is what is, is really needed. Also for my son, who's going through a, um, a school to become a commercial airline pilot, and it's a very difficult school. It's a life-changing process for him at this point because God's really using this school um, to, to really help draw him closer, to draw my son closer to God. Will anybody pray for Leah's husband and his back injury? Um, and will anybody pray for Leah's uh, youngest son, Nolan is his name, and what he's going through in terms of trying to become a pilot? Do I have any, any takers who are willing to step up? for? Yeah, right, Kathy. Father God, you are holy, holy, holy. We praise your holy name. Father God, we come before you in Jesus' holy and precious name, and we lift up Steve and Nolan. We pray in Jesus' name that you would heal Steve, Father God, that you would give him wisdom to know what to do to help his body heal, Father. Comfort him. Use this pain to draw him closer to you, Lord. We all need you so much, Father God. So we pray your healing hand that you would remove the inflammation and whatever is causing the pain in Steve. And I pray that the injection tomorrow would be able to calm down the nerves and just heal him of this pain, Father. And we lift up Nolan, Lord God. Thank you for trials and, and, and learning new things. We pray your blessings upon him as he learns how to be a pilot. 
We pray that you would use this time to bring him to his knees, to draw closer to you for strength and wisdom and knowledge. And we just love you so much, Father. We thank you so much, Father God, for Josh and Alan being Josh and Aaron being here, Father God. We love the Allens so much, Lord God. We pray your blessings upon them. Heal them, comfort them. May they know your presence and feel your presence. We love you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. You were second. You were slow. He beat you. Um, my sister, she's currently in a tough time. She's been in the mover. She's trying to kill herself. And this, we just need some help trying. We don't know why, but we just. Listen, church family. How old are you, Landon? How old are you? How old are you? Are you? You're 11. 11-year-old, 11 okay? Has a twin sister who is struggling to find reason to continue living. Maybe you didn't know that. Maybe you've been coming here week after week and you didn't know what this family is going through. But his twin sister is struggling to find reasons to remain here on earth. Will somebody lift Kaylee? Her name's Kaylee. Will somebody lift Kaylee up? Lord, I just ask that you be with Kaylee and the family, God. Um, our family's been affected by suicide to a close friend, God. And it's just the enemy attacking the child's mind. Lord, I ask that you come into this child's mind and you give them peace and comfort that no one else can, God. Yes, you are able, God. I know that you are able, God. Lord, I just ask that you be with the parents, God, and her yes. twin brother, God, and that you strengthen them all, God, and that you bring this as a unity to the family, God, and that yes. you be the center of it, Lord, and that you unite them together, that we as a church family come together and lift them up. Even though we don't know what's going on, God, it's been brought to our attention today, so there's no reason that we can't fall on our knees every day for this family, God, as they struggle daily. Lord, I ask that you watch over them, protect them, and heal her mind. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. May the church say amen. That's what this is about. That's what this is about. Like, I don't care if I don't preach a sermon. If you don't understand the necessity of prayer in the lives of the people who are around you, that's the problem with Brownsburg, right? We, we live in one of those suburbs where everybody has to have it put together, and everybody has to be on and have this, this great life for each other when we're actually dying next to each other because we won't share what's going on in our lives. Are there any other prayer requests? Oh, um, I have a friend I've been getting in trouble with since about eighth grade, and uh, she's battled addiction over and over. Found Jesus and went back down the bad path, and um, I feel like her family is under attack right now. Her name is Brooke. A lot of people know Brooke, but. Um, there's something stopping her from getting up on Sunday morning, and there's something fighting her house and her family, and she's asked me a number of times this week for help and to pray for her. So I just pray we lift Brooke up. Will you pray for Brooke? Lord, I know that addiction oftentimes comes from lack of self-worth, and I know that Brooke has struggled with that. So if you could release that from her and let her turn to the Bible and know that that's where her worth is 
That's where her strength is. The devil will not win over her this time. She's going to come right up out of this addiction. She has been going so strong, and she has been so inspiring, and, sh and, and I know that she's going to continue to do that. She has children. Please, Lord, cover their children. Cover her children. Protect their hearts. Protect their minds. Let them continue to surrender to you, and um, if we could just continue to just lift her up and help her, um, you know, to just get through this and let her know that she just needs to surrender all of this to the cross because that's where her battles will be won. Amen. Um, we just lost our dog yesterday. Let's pray for us. Thank you. So this is Annette, and this is, this is what prayer requests look like. You may not be asking for a prayer request because you think your thing is too small, but if anybody's had a family pet, you know it becomes like a person, right, like a child. And to lose a pet, to lose a, a, a child can be severely damaging not only to the family, but even to your faith at times, right? Is there anybody who will lift a net up and her family up um, as they pray for the loss of their dog? Is there anybody who would be willing to pray for that? Father, we just want to pray um, for this family as um, they've lost someone special to them. An animal is so much more than just um, some, something you come home to that smiles at you, but is there when, uh, when you're down, it comforts you, and um, you've blessed us with animals. Um, dogs tend to be a better friend than uh, we tend to be to each other. And I just pray that you wrap your arms around this family and comfort them and just um, bring them some peace about this. Everybody say amen. We have one Ryan. Ryan couldn't get the words out. So I'm going to ask this on his behalf. Shauna, Ryan's mom, he said, Shauna's been working so hard for so long. You know, and we've, we've, we love this family over here, Shola, Shauna, Ryan. But he's just, he's just watching his mom as a son and saying she's been working so hard for so long. And whatever that looks like from his perspective of what God, what he's asking for God, God knows. So is there anybody who will lift up Ryan's request for his mother who's been working so hard for so long? Father God, you are the peacemaker, Lord. You are our comforter in all things. You never leave us. You never forsake us. Lord God, I... I thank you for this family. I thank you for Shauna, Lord, for her husband, Shola, for Ryan and his sisters. And, Father, I, I thank you, Lord, for Ryan's sensitivity into, into his mom's heart. Yes. I thank you, God, that um, through Shauna's hard work for her family, that you're growing, Ryan, Lord. Through this sensitivity, Father, I know he's going to become a mighty man of God. Um, if you're not already making him into that, even presently, Lord. I thank you, Father, for seeing growth in so many of our families at this church. Yes. In such a short amount of time, Lord, you're showing us your power every day. I pray for strength in uh, Shauna's family, Lord. For Ryan, God, that you give him extra grace and that his light would shine to all his friends around him, to his sisters and to his um, Mom and Dad, Lord God, um, extended family, thank you, Lord, for uh, 
his uh, love to you and his willingness to share this with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, y'all give it up for God. Give it up for God right there. Give it up. When's the last time you've prayed like that? 20, 25 minutes? Just pure prayer of actual needs that are going on with the people who are sitting right beside you? When's the last time you prayed like that? Why not? We have such a low view of, of talking to our Father in heaven. And this, this is what makes us look like hypocrites. We claim who he is, but we won't even talk to him on behalf of others, let alone for ourselves. So I think this was so needed, and I thank God for that. I'm going to pray over the sermon, and then we'll get started this morning. We could bow our heads one more time. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for what you have continued to do here at Church on the Rock. I thank you for the privilege to pastor this family. Father, I thank you for the access to your kingdom, to your throne, to talk to you, to speak boldly, knowing that you hear us and knowing that you are able to respond according to your will. I ask that all the prayer requests that were made this morning, Father, that all of them are heard by you. I ask that you're giving us an ear to the words, to the requests that we're making to you. Father, and, and, and if we didn't do it in a certain way or whatever is out there that we think when we think about prayer, <laughs> just thank you once again for your spirit being ultimately what, that says what we need to say. We love you and we praise you. I ask that you take the words of this sermon and that you use them for the people in this building, that you may touch their hearts, Father, touch their minds, regenerate them, and renew them. Father, have your way. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Powerful. Fourth and fifth graders, you may be dismissed. Thank you, Clinton. Give it up for Clinton. Clinton hates me. Hates me. He hates me. All right. Good morning, Church on the Rock. Good morning, Man, I was weak, man. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, last service, it was louder. Maybe it's because the kids were in here. I don't know. My name's Rashad Cunningham. For those of you, this is your first time here. Um, we do the Good Morning Church on the Rock. Good morning, Rashad, because we want to make sure you're alert, uh, ready for the word. We believe God is giving us a message. Once again, if his presence is here, then this is holy ground, then this is a word from God, not from me. So we ask that you're here and you're alert. So we do the good morning, Church on the Rock, and normally it's extremely loud, but I understand the mood, the atmosphere. So let me get you to shift gears real quick and just scream as loud as you can so I know that you're still here. Good morning, Church on the Rock! Good morning, Church Boom! Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. So look, hey, we're going to continue in our series called Completed, Okay. Uh, we're doing a series called Completed because it does deal with some of the things that we are dealing with as a church family here in, in Church on the Rock, but also in the community. People are struggling with identity in Christ. People are struggling to know who they are in Christ. So we started a series called Completed out of the book of Colossians. And last week we were talking about how you have been completely recognized in Christ. 
relocated in Christ, rescued in Christ, redeemed and released from your sins in Christ. We're going to continue on with that series today and find out more about who we are in Christ. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. I'm going to read first, and then we'll dive into this a little bit. So Paul, writing to the Colossians, says this. He says, And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he, being Christ, has now reconciled you in his, flesh, excuse me, in his fleshly body through death, in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. He goes on and says, If indeed you continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. So going back to the first verse real quick, I want you to see something. It opens up and he says, And although... So that right there lets me know there's some context to this that we have to look at. We can't just start right here. We got to go look and see what brought us into the end although. So going to Colossians verse 15 here in chapter 1, I'm going to give you some background of how we got to where we are. I already told you last week we talked about how in Christ we've been rescued, we've been relocated, we've been redeemed, we've been released from our sins. Well, right after he says that, that you've been forgiven for your sins because of Christ, he says he is the image of the invisible God, he being Christ. The one, the reason that you've been forgiven for your sins, Christ is the image of the invisible God. Now, to work with you here so you understand the importance of this scripture, uh, Friday night we were at Jason Cervizi's house watching basketball because it's March Madness, right? And Everett, little baby Everett, he's not out here right now, but he had a little ball and he kept, and Jason was like, throw the ball to Rashad, so he threw the ball to me. He said, throw the ball to Rashad, so he threw the ball to me again. And then he said, okay, throw the ball to Clinton. And that's Clinton right there. And, 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 and he hates me. He hates me, right? Right, which one, right, right? But look at this, look at this. So Everett, little baby, how old is Everett? Everett's 18. 18. A year and a half, thank you. All right. <laughs> so trying to do the math, right? So, so Everett, right, Everett, Everett, little 18 months, looks at Clinton and goes, like, I thought that was Rashad too, right? Because they're black, right? Like, they're both <laughs> black, like. What's the difference, right? They looked, I thought, I thought of Rashad was just a black guy. Like, I threw the ball to Rashad. Like, what's the difference here, right? So he didn't know. He's just like, they look similar, right? That is not what this is talking about. When it says he is the image of God, it's not saying that Christ is similar to God or kind of like God or kind of has the same skin color as God. Remember, God is spirit, right? So when it says he is the image of the invisible God, if God the spirit takes a selfie, snap, guess what comes out? Jesus. That's what it means. He is the actual image, the actual visible of the invisible. This is who Christ is. If God takes a selfie, Christ is the image that you would see. So Christ is the image of the invisible God. Look at this. The firstborn of all creation. Keep going for me, Leo. We're going to roll a little bit here. For by him, by who? By Christ. By Christ, all things, not some things. Anybody see some things up there? Many things, a few things. No, no, no. All things were created both in the heavens and on the earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And if you come to Church on the Rock, you know in the Greek, when you see the word all, it means 
Yeah. See, y'all learning Greek. See how good you guys are getting? We're teaching here, right? All right, so next verse. It goes on and says, he is before all things. So it's another, it's another he is, right? Like Christ is this, Christ is that. That means it's not he was. It's not he will be. He is right now, right? And forevermore. This is what he is. He is create, or excuse me, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Landon, I heard that you asked a question and said, yo, so where did God come from, right? Like, like Brent told me that, right? Right. God was before all things. Okay, there's your answer. You want me to answer anything before that? I can't do anything. He, there was God in the beginning. In the beginning, there was God. That's all I know, bro. That's all I know, right? So he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. This is sustaining, right? Like, think about this. Do you know that if the earth was a couple of miles closer to the sun, we would burn up? And if it was a couple of miles further away from the sun, we would freeze to death? So how does this big earth stay exactly the, uh, the, the, the distance from the sun it needs to be for us to be who we are and live the way we live? Like, how? How? Because he's sustaining all things. You really think you woke up this morning because of you or your alarm? Is that what woke you up this morning? No, no, no. God woke you up this morning. So when we get to the praise report part, yeah, you should have some praise reports, right? Because I'm, I'm sure if God woke you up, that's a praise report, right? Like, you should wake up like, praise report. What's the praise report, sis? God woke me up. That's it? No, you don't understand. There's so many things that could happen while my eyes are closed to not wake me up. So the fact that God woke me up, praise report, right? So it says, in him, all things hold together. If God's not doing it, we floating around like we in space right now. Gravity's because of God, not because of science, right? Like, all these things are what God holds together. He goes on in the next verse, and he says, he is, so there it is again, he is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. Keep going. He says, for it was the Father's good pleasure, pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. So all the fullness of God dwells in Christ. And through him, through Christ, to reconcile, and we'll get to that word in a minute, all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. So you just found out a whole lot. This is called Christology, the study of Christ. You just found a whole bunch of things out about Christ. A whole lot of things about Jesus Christ that show you how amazing and magnanimous and how magnificent and all those other big words that make him really big and amazing, right? You just found all these things out in those five verses. Praise God. Next verse, uh, Colossians 1.21. Colossians 1.21. Colossians 1.21. No, no, I'm just playing. I'm messing with you now, Lee. I'm just teasing you, all right? Colossians 1.21. All right. So, so after all of that, it says, and although you, so we just talked about who he is, right? Now he's looking at you. And although you were formerly alienated, hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds. This is where we're going to start. He looks at the person. He looks at the, belie the, the believer. So this, is, this right here is for believers. I'm, I'm going to get to the non-believers. So don't, don't, everybody going to get something today, okay? For the believers, he looks at you and says, you were. See that past tense? You were formerly alienated. In the Greek, it's the same word as estranged, like divorced from, separated from, alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil 
deeds. This is what you were. The problem is in the church in Colossae, there were a lot of people still holding on to this and reminding people of their past, false teaching. And this is something similar to what we do as Christians today. You see, when you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that word right there, were formally, or those two words, you were formally, that becomes a part of your life. This is the, um, 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 if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? A new creation. Old things, that's the you were, that was the formally, old things have passed away, right? So why do you keep reminding yourself of who you were? Hmm? Like, I would never get up here on this holy platform to speak to God's holy people if all I thought about was my formal, my, my former alienation from God. I would never, if all I did was remind me, outside of a testimony, if I'm just telling myself, you adulterer, you, you, you uh, addicted to alcohol, you pornography watching, all, if, I, if I just keep telling myself that's what I am, guess what's going to happen? That becomes my truth and not God's word. The Bible, the truth tells you, you were, if you believe in Christ, you were formerly alienated. Not currently, you used to be. And you know what? For those who are non-believers, don't be offended because that means everybody in this room at one point was alienated from God. Everyone. So nobody's looking at you and treating you different and all that stuff that we're supposed to be politically correct about. No, no, no. We all started here. Matter of fact, the only thing that makes me different than you as a non-believer is Christ. It's not me because if I'm being completely honest with myself, you, you can clap. You can clap. I like it. Go ahead. I'm clapping too, right? Amen. I'm clapping too. Look at this. Look at this. The only thing that, that, that makes me different is Christ. And why is that important? Because if I'm being honest with myself, if I'm not putting on the front for the church people, I still do things that make it seem as if I'm alienated from Christ as a believer. So what, what takes away that separation, that alienation? Not my works. The cross, what Christ did. So my first point, all of that for this one point, right? My first point is we are completely cured. Believers are completely, remember, we're talking about being complete. You are completely cured. And I have to say it like that because I, I cured, I, I just can't get it out the right way. So just people were teasing me after service. Why do you say cured? I was like, that's the only way I can say it. I think that's, I think that's how you say it. I don't know. So look at this. Um, it says, not affectionate. You're like foreigners. You're estranged. You, you're, it's, this is, if you're, if you're um, with Church on the Rock, you know we say building his body, breaking our barriers, and that comes out of Ephesians 2. This is the same language used in Ephesians 2 right here, that you were estranged from the commonwealth, that you were separated from the commonwealth. Uh, you were not a part of what Israel was a part of because you were Gentiles and all those things, and because of Christ, there's no longer this barrier between Gentiles and Jew, but there's also no longer this barrier between human being and God because sin is a barrier that separates us, that estranges us. There it is. And he, and, and go, matter of fact, Leah, give me uh, verse 12, I think. Ephesians 2, verse 12. Start right there. Right there. Cool. R right there. All right. There. Leah, quit playing with me. All right. We're going to need some more prayer requests pretty soon. All right. Remember that you were at that time 
Before Christ, at that time, separate from Christ. Here's the word, excluded. You see that word right there? That's the exact same word that we have in Colossians in the verse that we're at. Alienated, excluded, same thing. You were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. This is what the alienation looks like. Go back to Colossians 121 now, Leah. So there's the first part. You were alienated, but you've been cured of that alienation. In Christ, that's taken care of. Now, he says, and hostile in mind. Do you know what hostile means? Like to be an enemy in the mind, to actually be an enemy in the mind? Yesterday when we were playing basketball, it was me, Dave, and Clinton at Messiah Lutheran on 56 in Raceway. And then there were some players there that were from their church, right? So we, Dave, remember this? We were shooting free throws. Boom. Clinton hits one. Boom. Dave hits one, boom, I hit one, and we're on teams, and we're going to check the ball up. And, and remember, this is just a nice, friendly, we just play ball together, we're just trying to lose some weight, stay in shape. Nobody's, like, beefing with anybody, like, nobody's going to the league, we don't really care who wins, right? And as we got our teams put together, all of a sudden, Clinton got the great idea to say, huh, it's Church on the Rock against Messiah Lutheran. Y'all didn't catch that. Clinton looked... Clinton looked at the teams and said, hmm, Clinton, Rashad, Dave, this is church on a rock against Messiah Lutheran. Let me remind you, this is just for fun. We're not supposed to really be, like, competitive. But as soon as Clinton said that, my mind went into pure kill mode. <laughs> we will not lose this game. Right? Like, I didn't say that out loud, but when, even when I checked the ball out, I was like, check, sucker. Right? <laughs> Like, like, at this, like, we've been having fun for like two months, right? But as soon as Clinton made that known that it was Church on the Rock versus Messiah Lutheran, and this is their church, right? Like, we should be considerate of that. But nah, nah, nah. I looked at Clinton's like, you better hit every shot since you made that comment, didn't I, Dave? I was like, like, all my playing around, I was like, no, we have to win this game because now I've become hostile in my mind. You see that? You see how it works? That quick, I became hostile in the mind. We cannot lose just off of GP, like for church on the rock, right? I, and, and I have my church on the rock shirt on, didn't I? I have my church, J Jason, the softball shirts, I have my yellow church on the rock shirt on. I didn't plan it like this. This is all Clinton's fault, right? And, 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 and the pastor from Messiah Lutheran, Sam, looks at me and goes, and you're wearing that shirt. And I was like, you know what? It's on. Like, check the ball, right? So, but, but that's what it is. We're on completely opposite, opposite sides. Like, I'm not for you. I'm against you. And, and I want us to win. And I want us to win. So when you're hostile in mind towards God, right, that means you're not for God. If you're being completely honest with yourself, you know this to be true. You don't want what God wants. You look at his word. You see his commandments. You see what he wants for you to be, how to be holy and to be all this. And you think, boring. I don't want to live that boring life that I can't fulfill my pleasures and my desires. Yeah, you're hostile in mind. You're, you're an enemy. Spiritually, you're ISIS. Think about that. That's what you are. Spiritually, you are ISIS in the mind. You don't want what God wants. This is what disobedience looks like. And here's the beauty of the gospel. Romans 5.10. Give me Romans 5.10, Leah. Romans 5.10 says this. While, another timepiece, right? 
Wow, meaning during you looking at God and saying, I want nothing to do with you. During you sitting in the church, cussing God out under your breath because you don't want to be here. During you upset that your spouse wants to come to church and wants to drag you with it. As a child, when my mama used to bring me to church, I absolutely hated her. I wish you would get hit by a bus. Why am I in here? While I was like that about God, guess what he was doing? While I was his enemy, he was reconciling me to himself through the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, he was saving my life. Look at the timepiece there, right? Wow, long before Christ. So, so what if we loved people the way we've been loved, right? What if the homosexual could walk through those doors and be like, hey, we don't condone your lifestyle. However, we love you right now, not when you fight your desires, not when you come to Christ. And, no, no, we love you now because that's how we was loved. What if the transsexual comes through and gets love like that? What if the Democrat comes through and gets love like that? Or the Republican comes through and gets love like that, huh? The, isn't that something different? Isn't that a supernatural love because it's a love that only God has showed us? Right? So, so, so think about this. While you were God's enemy, he died for you. You won't even smile for your enemy. You won't even sit next to your enemy. You won't even make a prayer request for your enemy. You see that? Think about this. Like, let, let this sink in for just a little bit. Because the Christians, this is what we do. We get in a routine, right? I know Christ died for me while I was his enemy. But it's become such a routine thing to say that it don't mean nothing to me no more. So when the pastor says, go love as Christ loved you, you ain't doing it because that's just a routine thing. You don't really even know what it really means anymore. You've lost the meaning. It's not holy no more. It's routine. So this is what you call love. Person walks in, high, drunk, coked out, straight from the strip club, straight from the corner, walks in here, and you do the cordial, welcome to church, Little Rock, we're happy you're here, and then we go back and we're sending all kinds of other stuff in our minds, because we don't really love them. Actually, we're not even happy they're here. It makes us uncomfortable. It may make us look bad. What if somebody else comes in here that we really want to be here, and then that's sitting there? And I'm like, you must have not known what you looked like in front of Christ when he died for you. You must have thought you was partially cute. No, you was all the way jacked up, boo-boo. Okay? You was completely toe up from the flow up, all right? You did not look good. I know what you think you look like, but you did not look like that from Christ. You were sin to the point that God the Father can't even look at sin. You see that? He can't even look at sin. So if, that, if that's what you were, then why are you struggling with the brother or the sister who walks in who looks exactly like you used to look like, and outside of Christ, you would still be looking like that. I mean, you think you did a complete makeover? No, 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 no. It was Christ. And what he did on the cross that made you over. You didn't make yourself over. So how could you look at somebody else who hasn't had that experience yet and, and judge them, or better yet, how could you look at them knowing that there's a possibility for them to be redeemed, rescued, relocated, released from their sins? How could you look at them and not share the message that would do that for them? Somebody shared it with you. So, so Paul, going back, going back to the verse, so he says, he says, look at this. He says, uh, 21, yep, 
and although you were formerly alienated, enemies in the mind, engaged in evil deeds, in the, in the actual Greek, engaged is not actually in there. Uh, translations will take stuff to help you understand, right? So if you were looking at this like in a Bible, it's probably in, it's italicized or leaning to the right or whatever, so that you know that that's not actually in there. They're helping you understand that. He's saying, you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, and it showed in your evil deeds, would it be more like what the Greek would say? Engaged. So the things you were doing proved it. A lot of people were like, no, I wasn't. I, was, I wasn't that bad. Yeah, you were. <laughs> you were. All I did was lie to my mom. That's a sin. And sin is that nasty. The littlest, littlest sin, greatest sin, all sin, ugly to God, okay? So you are cured of that. Going to the next verse, he says, and yet he has now reconciled you. I told you we'd get back to this part. Reconcile you. Those of you who have come to our Bible studies know that reconcile is a currency word. It's a money exchange word. Anybody remember Chuck E. Cheese? Or my fault. No, no. Back when we were younger, it was showbiz pizza. Y'all remember showbiz? Amen to showbiz. But Chuck E. Cheese, same thing. All right. So when you walk into the kingdom of showbiz or the kingdom of Chuck E. Cheese for the the new generation, when you walk into the kingdom with your dollar bill, right? Um, I haven't been to Chuck E. Cheese, so I'm going to keep saying showbiz because I know this for a fact for showbiz. I don't want to lie. But to play skee-ball, my favorite game, you know, skee-ball, I couldn't take my dollar bill and put it in because it don't take dollar bills. It doesn't take the world's dollar bills. I had to take my dollar bill. I had to go to the person in the front and say, can you reconcile this dollar to give me Chuck E. Cheese coins so I can have the benefits of the kingdom of Chuck E. Cheese, right? So I would turn my, I would take like $5, give it, they give me all these Chuck E. Cheese coins, and now I can play skee-ball because I have the correct currency, right? This is what the word reconcile means. If, if, if you would have been in the New Testament times, if, or if you travel out the country today, your dollar bill doesn't work in certain countries, right? So you got to go to a currency exchange and give them the dollar so that they can change it into the proper money that you can use in their kingdom, in their country. The Bible is saying, you spiritually, your money don't work here. Why? Because it's alienated. It's hostile in mind. It's evil deeds. It needs to be reconciled. It needs to be exchanged. It needs to be turned over. It needs to be ch- changed into the, the currency of the kingdom, okay? So what happens is this. The beauty of the gospel says in, in New Testament times, even today, when I walk in Chuck E. Cheese, I got to take that dollar and I got to go to the front counter and give them the dollar and ask for the correct currency, right? They don't come to me. They don't come to me to initiate that process. They're like, sorry for you. Like, you can't use the dollars. That's simple. If I go across seas, they don't come looking for me to change my money. I have to go change my money uh, because I want to initiate reconciliation. So the fact that God, who doesn't need to initiate reconciliation, initiated reconciliation through Christ, that's a praise report. That's a praise report. He reconciles you. He exchanges it for you. He, he wants you so bad. He wants you to be correct so bad that he sent his son to die on the cross for you while your currency was the wrong currency. Spiritually, you were bankrupt. He wants to fill your account up with the correct currency. This is the gospel. This is what the Bible is saying. So, and, and so, so my, my next point is, is we are completely correct, right? You have the correct currency when you believe in Christ. Not because of you, but because of Christ. You didn't reconcile your spiritual currency. God did when he died on the cross. And it's complete. It's not partial. It's completely done. 
These are all shout moments. These are all things to get, to get excited about. You know, and I understand culture, and we don't shout and all that, but I'm telling you, certain churches right now, boy, we be dancing, running around the church, and I'm just saying, I'm just saying, think about it now. So look at this. Go, go back. Go back to the verse, Leah. So he says, look, so he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death. So God, even though he was fully God, fullness of God, he was also fully man. That's important. He says it twice. Fleshly body through death, meaning he had a flesh body. He died. He really died a real death. Why? Hypostatic union. That's the big word for it. But basically, he was fully God, fully man at the same time. That's the only way he could die for our sins. And as a result, why did he do this? In order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. My next point is you are completely covered. We are completely covered. You ever, you ever been invited to a restaurant that you ain't never been to, and then you get there and you sit down and you look at the menu and you're like, whoa, looks like I'm just going to get a water, right? <laughs> because you're like, man, I, did, I didn't come with enough money for, I didn't come with enough money for uh, a $20 appetizer. Like, day you invited me to eat, bro, but, uh, I, ugh, but I'm kind of scared to tell you that I ain't got the money like that. I'm just going to get a water. I'm not that hungry, bro. My stomach hurting, you know, I... But, but what'd you say? What'd you say? Say it louder. Say it again. I cover your bill. You mean you're going to pay everything and I get to enjoy the benefit of eating the meal even though I didn't pay for none of it? Boy, look at Christ. Go back to, go back to that. Go back to that verse right there, Leah. He's, it says, in or, he died for you so that he could present you before him holy, blameless, or without blemish and beyond reproach, which is what blameless is. The, the, meaning, meaning this, you're not holy. You're not without blemish. You're not blameless. That's not you. If you stood before God on your own, you're not holy. I don't care how many times you come to church, you're not holy. I don't care how many songs you sing, how many prayers you pray, and how many times you read, you're not holy. You're not without blemish. You're not blameless. Who do you think you are? That's not you. That's what he's trying to tell you. You're not that. The only reason that you're considered holy, blameless, and beyond reproach is because Christ has covered you. He covered you. He paid the price. They came to the table and said, hey, um, Dave is going to cost death. <laughs> That'd be a crazy meal, right? <laughs> like, like, what? <laughs> Wasn't that good, right? No. But salvation is good, so I can't say that. All right, here we go. It's, it, it costs death. And Dave's like, I can't pay, I can't pay for that. I, how, can I just wash dishes? Well, how many dishes, Dave? Can I just read my Bible a little? Well, how much more do you read? Your, how, where's your, where is your peace and salvation if I have to wash dishes and read Bible and come to church? How, how much before I can actually say I'm assured of my salvation? You don't, so you put it all on Christ. He said, I did it. Y'all remember, it is finished? <laughs> it's finished. It's covered. It's paid in full. It's done. You believe in me, you are covered. I want you that bad. When we was at J Jason, when we was at Jason's house, right? I love how this worked out. I didn't use this first service. So, like, um, I was late. <laughs> like, not church on the rock late. I was, like, really late. <laughs> so, I was supposed to be there at noon. That got changed. I was supposed to be there at 2.30. And I stopped at the Allens. And then we didn't get there to win. I was, like, 4 yeah, so from 12 to 4, but, but here's the thing. He wanted me there so bad. He wanted me in the presence and in the house. Well, I think he did, but I'm just going to use this for the illustration. He wanted me there so bad. He called. He called again. 
he checked in, he texted. Hey, man, I'm just trying to make sure you're still coming, right? And, and where are you at, bro? I'm a, hey, by the way, we're having big panunis. It's covered. <laughs> like, the food is covered. Everything's free. All you have to do is come. This is what the gospel looks like, right? There's people right now. We just talked about somebody who had walked in and hasn't been back since. And God, you, th- you don't think God's still calling? Still texting? Still like, I, I really want you here. I really want you in the presence. What, are you still coming? Are you, are you still going to show up? Hey, it's covered. It's free. You don't even have to bring nothing. Come as you are. It's kind of what Jason would say, like, yo, panunis, pop, chips, whatever. It's, it's here. I just want you. Will you just walk through the door, right? No matter how long it takes. I don't care that you missed two games. Will you come now? I don't care you missed three games. Will you show up now? It doesn't matter. I just want you in the presence of me. That is Jesus Christ. That is Jesus Christ. I don't care if you come to church today, tomorrow, or whenever. I don't care if you don't even make it to the church. I just want you in my presence when it's all said and done. This is how we love. This is how we live. You're covered completely. Completely covered by Jesus Christ because of what he did on the cross. So finally, finally, we go to the last verse, and he says, If Indeed, you continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast, not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you've heard. So check this out. One of the most powerful words in the Bible, if. If. You see that? If. Now look, I'm not going to get here into some theological debate with anybody who's in here, but I want you to understand something. I do not teach once saved, always saved because of the language. I will not teach once saved, always saved. People think I can say what I say. Uh, I believe in Jesus Christ, Lord, and say I've been baptized. I'm good. I'm good forever. And then I can go do whatever I want to do. I don't teach once saved, always saved, because it gives a cheap grace sometimes to people when you don't theologically go through all of that. So I'm going to tell you what I do teach. I teach perseverance of the saints. It's a little bit different when you really break it down. Look at this word right here. In other words, I teach Bible. So I'm not this. I'm not that. You can't label me. I'm not going to let you put me in a box. Nope, 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 nope. Look, I teach Bible. If indeed you continue in the faith, Rashad, how do I know if I'm saved? If indeed you continue in the faith, the proof is not in the pudding, the proof is in the perseverance. If you persevere, you are saved. This is one of the scariest topics in the Bible. Why? Because a lot of us get to going through routine And we get in this routine where we think because we're doing the outside actions that surely we're saved. But then something comes and it knocks you. It hits you in the mouth. It shakes the foundation of everything you believe. And the only way you know if you're truly saved is if indeed you continue on in the faith. Well, Rashad, how do I do that? Firmly established, steadfast, not moved away. I got another basketball illustration real quick. On Wednesday, we was playing basketball. This good friend of mine named uh, Landis, he's a bigger guy. He's like 6'4", 6'5". He's got some muscles, some weight to him. He had never been there before. And I'm normally one of the bigger guys on the basketball court. And we're playing ball, and he just, he got there late. And so when he gets in, I'm like, he's not even stretched, so I'm going to take it easy on him. You remember this day? He's not even stretched, so I'm going to take it easy on him. He gets the ball in the, in the, like right underneath the basket. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, he's so underneath the basket, he was probably going to go out of bounds. So I'm like, whatever, you know, I just put my hands up. Man, he moved me, like, all the way to the three-point line. Like, he just moved me, right? 
And I was just like, man, I will never be moved again. Like, because everybody looked at me like I was crazy. Man, you're supposed to be big man. You got moved that easily? And I'm like, he's a big dude. Like, yeah, he moved me pretty easily, right? Why are you so easily moved? Like, like, I'll tell you why. Because you don't have truth. You're not standing on truth. You're standing on something that you can be moved on easily. You're standing on opinion. You're standing on emotional experience. Some of us come to Christ because it feels right in the moment. It just feels good right now. Like, I cried during the sermon in the song, I believe. And then something comes and tries to move you, and you find out you're not grounded on nothing because you have no truth because you're just going through routine. Routine will not give you anything to stand on. Relationship gives you something to stand on. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I give you this, this happened in the first service naturally, but I'm kind of going to make it happen this time. I'm a Michigan Wolverine diehard no matter what the other pastor says. Okay? And no matter how many times we've lost to Michigan, you can't move me. I got real hot up here preaching. I was going to take my shirt off, but I was like, man, I want to make sure people know I represent Michigan. But then I pulled up my shirt and said, I still represent Michigan. You see that? You can't move me. Michigan is what I am. And if I took that one off, I still represent Michigan. You see that? Like, I'm Michigan to the core, right? We're supposed to be grounded in God's word the same way. No matter how many layers are removed because of the circumstances and the situations of life, because of the things that come up against you to try to take Christ from you, no matter what they take off of you, Christ is still on you. Man, I'm preaching, man. Y'all, y'all hard. I'm hyped. Forget y'all, okay? Here we go. So, no, no, look, look, look. No, seriously, seriously. If indeed you continue on in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you've heard. So don't give me your excuses of I don't know enough Bible to be steadfast. If you know the gospel, you have enough. If you really know that you were alienated, that you were hostile in mind, that you were headed to hell, not a bad place, not an uncomfortable place, but hell. Say the word. You are, you are on your way to hell. And because of what Christ did on the cross and you receiving the free gift of salvation, you will be with God eternally in heaven, in the presence of the Father, not perishing. That's the gospel. Because I've heard that gospel, you can't move me. Rashad, what's your eschatology? I don't know what eschatology means. Rashad, what's your pneumatology? I don't know what pneumatology means. I don't know these big words right now. I'm a baby Christian. All I know is that he died for me, and because he died for me, I'm saved because I believe in him, and therefore you can't move me. Okay? I don't know everything else. All I know is the gospel that I have heard that has been proclaimed, if it's good enough for Paul and Peter and Jesus and everybody else who proclaimed it, it's good enough for me. Understood? So my last point is we are completely capable. You're capable. You are capable of doing this. You are capable of holding firm and standing strong. You are capable of doing this. How do I know that? Because he who started a good work in you will complete it. That's the Bible. So as we close out, who told you you're not? Hmm? Who told you you're not capable of being a saint, not a sinner? Huh? Who told you you're not complete? I get it. Day to day, I feel broken. Yes, but even in your brokenness, 
You're complete in Christ. Who told you different? Why are you listening to them and not him? I'll say it again. I know because opinions change every day. Facts, cha facts change every day. One moment, Yahoo told me this, then CNN told me that, then Fox News told me something different. But God's word hasn't changed in 2,000 years. Quinn, you can play, homie. You can play. We rolling. So as we get ready to close out with some prayer and then praise reports and watching time here, I want you to think about that. Who told you you weren't a good mom, good dad? Hmm? Who, told you, who told you you weren't a, a great husband and a great wife? Who, who's reminding you of these things because of your failures? And the, the, the greatest false teacher in your life, nine times out of ten, is you. You're scrolling through Facebook, people on spring break. They probably just got into a fight and paused for a moment to take a nice picture so they can present the best form of themselves, and you're looking at that saying, man, what kind of Christian am I if this couple's doing this or if this author's doing that and all that? And, and in actuality, that's what you are saying to yourself. Why don't you listen to God and what he says about you for a while? Hey, I know you are having struggles in your marriage. You're still relocated to the kingdom. I know you're struggling in parenting. I, I get it. Like, I know kids are hard. You've still been transferred to the kingdom. You're still going to spend eternity with me. Who... You see how this changes the way we live? And what if you start living that way so then your children are watching you, and when they're getting bullied and talked about or not measuring up to these unattainable standards of social media, what if the reason that they started standing their ground was because of what you've told them God said they are in Christ? Complete. This is what we're hoping to for you to take from this. This is where the praise reports come from. And before I praise out, I want to share a quick praise report about Church on the Rock. Um, two years ago, we had no clue where God was going to take this. Two years ago, I had, I really was like, I'm not fit to be a pastor. Like, they, how many times, Mama, did I say, I can't do this, Mama? Like, I am horrible at this. And I was messing up in my sermons. I was trying to preach a whole chapter in one in one session because I wasn't sure if I was going to get to preach next week. Like, it was bad. <laughs> you know, Josh, you were there through all of that. Like, how, how bad, Josh, I can't go down to this meeting and preach because I don't know enough. And Josh was like, dude, just preach. Like, just, just preach. I got you. Like, you, there's so many things that happened over the last two years, and I had to be reminded by others that I'm complete. Well, now it's my turn to return the favor. This church has grown tremendously with real people. It's not a fake growth. It's not a transfer growth. It's real people who were lost, who are coming to God, or who weren't really in church and now are trying this out for the first time. And it's, got, it's gotten messier and messier. And all I've seen is God show up every single time. That's a praise report. Two years ago, we had a pastor who was bivocational, working a full-time job while pastoring. Now we have a pastor that's full-time. We have another pastor who's needed to be ordained for three to four years now. And we have five deacons. That's a praise report. I lost count of the amount of baptisms we've had this first, qu first quarter. And if, and if I may say, the greatest example of perseverance we saw in our loved ones 
Phil Tucker and Cameron. Only God has given us that privilege. People are being changed here at Church on the Rock, and it has nothing to do with Church on the Rock. It has everything to do with Christ. If you can't praise God for that, you won't praise him for anything. So this is not to show you, maybe your first time here and all that. It's not to show you what we're doing. No, no, no. We want you to see what God is doing, and he's doing it in so many other churches, in this community and around the world. He's worthy of our praise. So I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray us out. I'm going to get somebody to go help <laughs> Ann back there because she's still got the kids. <laughs> uh, and we're going to get ready for the baptism as well. But if you have a praise report while we're transitioning here, you can share that. We don't want to limit that. But if you have to go, we understand that as well because it's a different service. Nobody's going to judge you because you have to leave. We get that. You know, people have plans and didn't know this was going to happen. But I'm not going to box the spirit in either, okay? So I'm going to pray us out. We're going to open it up for any praise reports to share. And we're transitioning into the baptism. Let's bow our heads real quick. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for what you've done. We stepped out of our comfort zone and we just stepped out in faith to worship you in a unique way uh, by our standards, not by yours. Uh, Father, we ask that this message is not falling on deaf ears. We ask, Father, that this message is not something we just hear, but it's actually going to transform us to know that we're complete in you, Father. All those words that we use, those cliches of broken people and broken church, Father, your word says, though the outside is wasting away, the inside is being renewed day by day. Father, in your son, Jesus Christ, we are complete. I thank you for the souls that are here. Father, and if there's anyone here underneath the sound of my voice who does not have that relationship with you, who's feeling broken, who's feeling defeated, Father, may they find all answers in your son, Jesus Christ, and may we have the privilege and the opportunity to be the ones to lead them to him. Father, we're so unworthy for these moments that we're sharing. All the prayers that have went up in the beginning um, of the first service and the second service, Father, maybe even during these sermons, all those prayers that have went up, Father, we ask that you answer them faithfully because we know you are. You told us to cast all of our cares, our worries, our troubles on you because you are faithful, and we are. Thank you for our completion. It's in your precious Son who completed us, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> are there any praise reports? that Can somebody go get um, Ann and tell her we're, we're wrapping up here? And, oh, these are praise reports. I just want to give a praise report for this man right here. I don't know if you guys realize how blessed we are to have a pastor that teaches the Bible, that teaches the gospel, that teaches the love of Christ. Sit down. Sit that way. Sorry. Ah. <laughs> that teaches the love of Christ. This... This is a beautiful thing right here. You know, he talked about sharing burdens. And that's one thing I noticed. That's one thing that drew me to this church was the willingness of this family to open up to one another. That shows that Christ is here. That shows that Christ is working. 
and it shows that we've got a leader who Christ has approved because Christ's attributes are overflowing into the congregation. Praise God. So I just want to praise God for the leadership that we have here because without him leading through Christ, because that's what he does, he doesn't ever point to himself. He points to that cross. And we just, we need to see that as the blessing it is because a lot of churches out there don't have that. Amen. And I just, I'm truly grateful and thankful and I praise God for it every day. Amen. Praise God for that. Once again, remember, um, pastor, pastors, not Pastor Rashad, but pastors in general are a gift from God to the church. That's what Ephesians says. So any church with pastors in general, uh, Jason, myself, and the pastors he's raising up in the church, I'm trying to push this. You know, yeah, God is doing that, so we praise God for that. Uh, one of the things I can say that I praise God for most right now is my wife. Um, I mean, she's, she's helped me grow so much in my faith. She's helped me grow uh, just in my knowledge. She's taught me, you know, hmm. and, um, you know, just being the leader or the spiritual leader in the house, really, I don't see that as me on a pedestal. I see that as me and her are equal. So, you know, she's teaching me as much as I'm teaching her, um, you know, and I praise her. Or I praise, uh, you know, God for her patience to deal with me, um, you know, just through the years that we've been together. And, um, you know, I'm always going to praise, you know, and for my son, of course, who's uh, going to be born here soon. For my daughter, you know, just my family, all in general. God is, he's really blessed me and I don't deserve it. So, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's just an amazing blessing what he's done in my life. Just, you know, since I've been saved and with my family. So, um, you know, I'm always going to praise God for that. Amen. Praise God, everybody. This, look, at, look at all these kids. This is a blessing just for the kids, right? Look at that. Hi, I'm Sam. This is my first time here, so I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet so we can move on. Several months ago, I read an article about this church, and I wanted to come visit, but we were kind of church hopping at the time, and my husband said, oh, I really like this one. Let's stay here. So that's what we did. And then um, last night, my mother-in-law said, oh, what's that church you wanted to visit? And I couldn't remember what it was called. Then when I went to bed, I was like, oh, something rocks. And so now here I am. Two weeks ago, I was in Georgia at a women's conference by Allison Allen, and she talked about um, the words that the world give us and the words that the word give us. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. This is, I laid down what the word, the world gives me, and I picked up. Oh, this. wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Amen. I Praise God. Give it up. Praise God. Oh, wow. Samantha, right? Praise God for Samantha. That is a powerful testimony. Dave? Just real quick. Uh, right oh, sorry. <laughs> Just real quick. Um, we didn't know where the men's ministry would take us this year. So it's just a praise how God has used the men's ministry, how we've seen it grow in the breakfasts so far yes. this year. And then the five people that turned out this past Tuesday night. So it's just a praise what God's doing through the prayer, through the men's ministry because we really in coming in coming into this year we had no idea. Amen. Amen. Give it up. Our men's ministry's been growing. Praise God for that. Am I missing anybody before we move forward? Come on up. Come on up. Yes. Go ahead. Um, earlier the prayer request that I asked for prayer for is also a praise because 
both situations have made it to where both of them have become closer to God in their relationship. They've begun a, a deeper relationship, and it's changed me. It's shaped me, and it's helping me to grow. So all the situations that we've been asking in prayer are actually things that I have gratitude in because of where we've come from and where Amen. we are now. Amen. Amen. Give it up. God. Y'all shouldn't get tired of clapping now. If you tired of clapping because of what God is doing, we got some talking to do. Yeah, man. Everybody act like this is easy. I want everybody to come up here and feel this pressure. Come yeah. on. Okay. Uh, well, uh, okay. Last year, February 1st, I lost my job. I had somebody walk in and say, okay, this is the last day you're working. So off I went. I went home, told my whole family, and my, my son says, well, then you need to file for unemployment, Dad, because they fired you. So I said, I did. So the uh, public assistance was, well, it's a benefit. I, I just want to say it, it's really great that that's there for people. And uh, the Lord took care of us through the whole time. And uh, the, the day the public assistance ended, I had a job. And the, thing, the funny thing about the job is I started it 17 years ago. And uh, that's when Heidi was born, 17 years ago, so I keep track of that. On October 28th, and on October 28th last year was the first day of my new job. Mm. And uh, I would never have taken a job working Tuesday through Saturday if the Lord hadn't done that to me. I wanted Sundays off, and that might be the penalty I pay, but it's not really a penalty because the Lord worked it all out. So I'm, I'm grateful that the Lord walks out. It would be wrong for me to not tell you that the Lord did take great care of me during this whole time. And thank you, Lord, for that, for watching over me and my family. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. This, is, this is not a gimmick for anything. Um, this is sincerely us saying, as we grow, how do we remain intimate with each other? How do we hear the stories? How do we continue to see what God is doing in the lives of each other? Even as we grow larger, well, you have to shake the box sometimes and say, we're not going to do what we normally do so that we can hear testimonies and prayer requests. Uh, I'm going to do one more before we bring Emily up. Uh, you guys heard that New Life Drama Club will be here next Sunday. Uh, they are an amazing, they brought me to tears the last time they were here uh, with their amazing, with, try to make sure you don't climb up in there, with their amazing um, unique ministry through drama, but also um, they're going to be doing our worship for us next week, giving our worship team another break, and it's just special. Well, one of our teenagers that has been here for two years, and she left to be a part of this, as she's like a missionary for us, and we sent her out. Um, she said, praise report. I want to say thank you to everyone in Coder for keeping me in your prayers. These past few weeks, I've been traveling with NLDC, and we have been able to minister to brokenhearted youth, homeless, and so many more. We have gone to two churches so far and done a ton of servanthood. I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico right now. It has been a blessing to bless others. I can't wait to be home and to see everyone. I love y'all. Amen? Give it up for that. So now we're going to move to the baptism. Um, we're going to have Emily come up. Do, do you want to say anything about this one? It's a praise report. I know it's a praise report. Do you want to share it? Um. For those of you that don't know me, my name's Emily, um, Adam's wife. 
Um, I actually do have a phrase. It's not related to me being baptized, but um, <coughs> it took uh, a doctor telling me to my face that I can't get pregnant and three miscarriages to um, have Roman eight months pregnant right now. So that to me is, is a miracle. Um, and God definitely deserves praise for that. Okay, and to close us out, I'm going to have my brother Dave Collins just pray over the service and all the prayer requests and the praise reports in general. And then my brother, I call him Dougie Fresh, <laughs> is going to close us out in prayer overall so that we can move forward and into our day. Once again, this has been an amazing service. And just, just take this with you. This is different. This is uncomfortable. But this is what we need to shake the foundation of what's going on here at Church on the Rock. Pray with me. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for such an amazing, amazing service. Lord, it's not just a church service at Church on the Rock. That's why I love it. I thank you for sending me and my family here. I thank you for the reconciliation, Lord, between the families, Lord, and, and from us to you through your son. God, this, uh, this is something completely different. Rashad told me we were going to do something different, and, it, and he called it. God, it was, you are doing something through us. And you're giving Rashad the, the, I guess, just the openness, Lord, to try anything. As long as it's with you, Lord, he's willing, God. And I just thank you for a pastor like that first, Lord. I thank you for leadership like that. We as men in this church have to lead our homes. And we don't always get in your word or get intimate with you, Lord, like we should. But that's why we have other leaders that you put in place for us, God. And we're thankful for them. We lift them up. For every prayer request first that we've heard this morning. God, I pray that you meet us right where we are with these needs. You know our needs. You know our hearts. God, and for all the unspoken prayer requests that didn't go up vocally this morning, inside every heart in this building, God, I pray your presence. I pray that we welcome you, believers or non-believers, Lord, that we welcome you in this very, very moment to meet us, to meet our needs, God, to reconcile us with you through your son in Christ. Lord, for all the praise that you are so worthy of. God, we just lift this up to you, this moment, this church service, this church, these members, these non-members. God, the believers, non-believers, we're just thankful for every single heart in this building, Lord. Children to adult, grandchild to grandparent. I personally am thankful to be in your presence and in this place with all these people, thank you for my church family. It's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen. All right, let's pray one more time. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this day, this beautiful day you've given us, Lord, and this, this wonderful church. Lord, that you came down and met with us and brought your Holy Spirit here, Lord. Lord, I pray that you never leave the spirit of from this church, Lord. I ask that you plead the blood of, blood of the Lord, uh, of the Lamb over the, the, the congregation, the pastors, the, the finances, the plumbing, everything, Lord. That nothing can stop this church, Lord. I thank you for the people here that have taken their time out, Lord, to, to get up today and come over here and worship you. And you came here to, to bless us, Lord. Many people here that have personal problems, Lord, you know what they are. Lord, you take care of those problems. People that have illnesses and people have problems with finances. 
Lord, we're ambassadors of Christ, that you'll take care of our needs, Lord, says in your word. So as we go out today, Lord, I ask that you fill each believer with the umption from the Holy One. Give them fire to go out and tell a dying world about, about you, Lord, so that we can reconcile them to you, that they can spend an eternity with you. Lord, I love you, and I thank you for all the things you do. Thank you for the blessings that we don't deserve, that you give richly. Thank you for the people here and the, the pastors. We ask that you give us uh, energy to tell other people, and we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have an amazing day. What an amazing service, right? Thank you for taking the time to join us on this podcast from Church on the Rock here in Brownsburg, Indiana. If you would like any more information about our church family, our pastor, or where we meet, please visit our website, www.churchontherockbb.com.